0: We open up the final week of the Svirasa Omer, working our way closer to Shavuos in just one week's time. It's unbelievable to think how far we've come in just a few short weeks together. And as an Uma working towards the Geula, this upcoming Shavuos, just one more week. You better get your uh, your fresh fruits ready for your Bikurim. It's happening, it's happening, this Shavuos. So what we're looking at this week is the Mida of Malchus. And tonight's Mida that we're going to be addressing is the first aspect of Malchus, which is Chesed Shiba Malchus. So let's take a look again, although we've seen already Malchus come up a number of times. Let's just review and kind of get into the mind space about um, in the system of the spheros, as far as the Kabbalah puts forward this idea of Malchus. We understand Malchus is leadership, monarchy, a ruler. But how does that described in the language of Kabbalah? Because I think it's important to root it in that terminology and then bring it into the normative language that, that we use and that's used throughout the Torah when we talk about the idea of a melech. So what we've seen is that the way the Ramchal talks about Malchus in the the 26th chapter of Klach Peschei Chachma, his, his work on the, the gates of wisdom, the opening principles of Kabbalah, to allow you to kind of enter into the Eitz Chaim, of, of uh, Rechaim Vital and the Arizal. The way that he describes Malchus is, Malchus is the Shoresh Kol Hanivrayim, he says. It's the root of all of creation. And he says that it's the last aspect of all of the Sefirot of Ze'er Anpin, the way that Hashem is expressed, at the small face, it's the lower midos. achron. <inaudible> it's the final division of creation. And he says that the chok Chokzeh, the existence of a principle, SheYihiyun nivraim Tachtonim, that there should even be a creation down below, on this final level of, of the expression of God's will. Nikra malchus. this is that which is called Malchus. So the very existence of the of the concept that there is a final iteration of all of the different ingredients that went together and the processes of how Hashem's will ultimately manifest, the fact that there is an ultimate manifestation out of all those ingredients, that's what's called malchus. And he says that, It is that... Which unifies all of the different capacities and strengths and qualities of the prior spheros and brings them into manifestation, brings them into expression in this physical world. And he says that's why we say al malchut Malchut is the very principle of their existing a world down below. And what the ram, the, sorry, what the ramchal closes this paragraph by saying which is a, a very noteworthy line, he says that when you understand the entirety of the matter down below, when you when you perceive all of the expressions of existence down here, you'll now understand them up above. So by understanding Malchus, in a way you kind of understand and put together the pieces of all the prior Midos. Because if Malchus is the manifestation of all the prior Midos, then By understanding Malchus, to an extent, you understand all of the Midos that preceded them. So, this idea then, kind of translating this into more concrete terms. Malchus itself is is a Mido which is coming into being by virtue of all the other Midos kind of coalescing. So, you've had the aspects of Chesed and Gvura and Tiferes. You've had the notion of Netzach and Hod, and how all of those are channeled together through Yisod, and the way that they're actually delivered and come to life, the immeasurable amount of, of interrelationships between all of the different data points, and the and the qualities, and the quantities, and the desire to hold back, and the desire to give, and the values that were represented, and all of the you know, innumerable details of how all the previous midos interrelate. And, you know, we've all obviously only scratched the surface and whatever explorations we've done of the prior midos. So all of those interrelationships and how they actually come to life in in a reality that's beyond just living, so to speak, in the mind of God is obviously boggles the mind to try to comprehend what all of that would be together. And the way that the Gemara describes this and of course, just using human terms, but the way the Gemara says this in Shabbos on Davyod Aleph is that that if you would have all of the oceans to the ink, dio, and all of the swamps were filled with, instead of reeds, were filled with quills, and all of the heavens were parchment, bnei adam, lav larim, and all of humankind were scribes, you would never have a sufficient ability to write down the unquantifiable space. Very well said by Rabbi Steinwald, of of government, of authority, of domain, of is the Lashon of reshut, and that's because the what it goes into creating that space, which is what malchus is doing, creating an environment within which. Things can just kind of make sense and coalesce and kind of come to fruition in a way that they wouldn't without that space. It's, it's truly unquantifiable. You know, I was just talking to somebody the other day about, you know, they were talking about they had this assignment they had to write about global issues and, and how we address global issues. And one of the things that their professor was attempting to have them recognize is that you can't actually solve global issues by putting forth some sort of resolution. And that's because obviously any resolution that you could come up with is infantile compared to the innumerable number of factors that go into a global issue. Something that's that's an issue on a global level, you can't possibly solve by being one person in a room coming up with some cute hop about how to solve the problem. Because you, a single individual can't possibly hold within themselves. The infinitesimal amount of details that go into a space, an entire world of this issue. And the same is true, obviously, with with a society as a whole, not just an issue that's affecting a society. So what a malchus does is that it interrelates all of the otherwise chaotic and disparate elements and allow them to come to life and and breathe life into the details that otherwise would have remained in, in potential and brings them together in a way in which they never would have had that voice without. They wouldn't have actually been expressed in that way. And perhaps this is one of the reasons why in, in Kabbalah, in the Zohar, often Malchus is referred to as Peh, the mouth. So I brought a quote from the Tikkun Zohar. Often you find the Malchus being described as Malchut Peh Torah Al Peh. Um, the three titles kind of used in, in conjunction, one with the other. Malchut Peh Torah Al Peh. And part of this is because the mouth or speech articulation is the way in which we concretize the billions of different thoughts, really the innumerable number of possible interrelationships of the neurons in one's brain and the possible thoughts that you could be expressing from your mind. The words that come out often are just a fraction of what you actually had in your mind. And people who often are involved in... in, sharing or in relationships and communication, a lot of times you'll experience the struggle where as you're speaking, you recognize that your words couldn't possibly do justice to the feelings or to the ideas that you're actually trying to convey. There's no way that I'm alone in that experience. Where, you know, even as you're articulating yourself, you know that your words are only a hundredth or a thousandth of everything that you'd actually want to be sharing in that moment. So the pe has the ability to express and to bring into fruition, to concretize all of the innumerable aspects and ultimately represent to some extent where all of those innumerable aspects come from and where they actually lie. And this is why, to, for one reason, why the Melech of, of a people, the monarch, actually represents the monarchy, right? The face of the kingdom is the king themselves or the queen themselves. Because they represent all of the different aspects of the, of the organization, of the system, of the space that they are, are the emergent quality of. Even if obviously you look at that monarch and you don't see you know, the farmer on the countryside 500 miles from there. But the entire space of the society within which that farmer's life makes sense is embodied by what's represented in the face of the monarch. So the monarch becomes the expression, gives, gives substance to the otherwise abstract sea of potential ideas that otherwise would break into chaos if they weren't coalescing around this one idea. So tying this back in, if we're dealing with the concept of malchut, the Mida of malchus, and for HaKadosh Baruch Hu, it's the way in which Hashem's, mal, Hashem's will comes into reality is actually expressed in toto, in its entirety, in this world. And it's perceived as organized, as part of a system, as really systematic. And that it all coalesces around a, a source that's represented by by the common core. It's the recognizing Hashem as the Melech. So, so part of Malchus then is the Midah of Chesed Shebe Malchus, which is that in Malchus, in kind of organized leadership or in understanding systems, which is what Malchus is kind of in our first baby steps into Malchus, we're recognizing it as the notion of various constituent parts coming together in a shared space. And that space itself it becomes expressive of all of the different components, the innumerable aspects that go into the kind of the backdrop of where that space comes from. Chesed Malchus tells us that in in embodying the Mida of Malchus, in expressing the claw, which is what a melech does, there has to be an orientation towards life, towards the details of that system. In other words, to use that the example that we used a few minutes ago, if the king or the queen is truly to express in any extent the people that they are representing, it must be that they care about the individuals of that space, of that monarchy of which they are the representative. So if for a person to have the mida of being a melech, they have to care about the life of the system that they are the expression of, and one of the places where we find this, uh, you know, most poignantly, because I'll talk about numerous midrashim make this idea clear, is that in the Jewish people, in the kind of the core leaders of of Klal Yisrael, were always tested in their sensitivity towards life as a whole before they were risen to the position of leadership over Klal Yisrael in specific. And we find this brought out in Chazal when they talk about the leadership abilities of Moshe and the leadership quality of David as the king par excellence, whose midah itself is the midah of Malchus. And the way the Medrash Tanchuma puts this is, Shne olam ne'emanim, They were two giants of the world who were tested, and found to be reliable, which is piggybacking on the Mida of Yesod, of Tzadik the Yichia, and the and Baruch Hu brought them, by means of that, into a position of greatness. Badak David Btzon and ultimately Badach Moshe Btzon. Both David and Moshe were tested as far as being shepherds. We find this notion that throughout the Torah, the greatest people are involved in being shepherds. Now, it's not that they weren't fabulously wealthy, right? Yaakov didn't have to be spending his time out there in the fields. Yosef, all the kids, they didn't have to be doing that. They could have been paying shepherds to be doing it. But there was the idea of the cultivation of life that was essential as part of the building towards being a melech. So the way Chazal put this is this. The Medrash, uh, Medrash Rabbah in Shmos says a, says a really amazing thing. It says, Babak David roe David was tested in regards to being a shepherd, with his flock, and he was found to be a good shepherd. What does it mean, says the Medrash, that he was taken? So it says that he was What he would do was, is that David was sensitive to the needs of each and every sheep within his flock. And what he would do was, he knew that if he would just let all of the sheep go running out into the field, then the larger animals would push the smaller ones out of the way, and the smaller ones wouldn't have the chance to eat. So what he would do was, that first he would bring out the smaller animals to pasture. So that they'd be able to eat the soft grasses that were available, that they would be able to digest successfully. Then he would take out the elder flock. So that they could eat... The middle gra- you know, class, middle grade grass that was available. And then he would bring out the adult, standard, you know, choicest size uh, sheep that they would be able to eat the toughest material and be able to properly digest it. So Amar HaKadosh Baruch Hu says the matters. What does HaKadosh Baruch Hu say? ish lafi Someone who knows how to tend to, the, to these sheep, each one based on its own abilities and its own level, that type of person can come and lead my nation, could lead my people. And it says the same thing was true by Moshe Rabbeinu. When Hashem wanted to see if Moshe is going to be a proper leader for the Jewish people, so he was a shepherd for Yisro, his father-in-law. It says a little goat went running away one day. So it goes running off. Okay, a little goat. What do you, you know, a hen and a hare? What's the problem? A one little goat for your, you know, your father-in-law's massive flock. No, Moshe goes running after the goat. Aji He comes up and you know, he arrives at at, at this like tangled-up forest, a place where he could easily get stuck and get hurt as soon as he gets there, he sees this flowing water over there. and he sees that the goat is bending over to drink. So when Moshe sees this, it says, "Amar, he said to himself, sama." I didn't know that he was running because he was thirsty. what kind of guy am I? I didn't know that my goat was, th- he was I thought he was running, he was playing games. I didn't recognize that he was thirsty. Ayeif ata? You're tired? He took the goat on his shoulder and he walked the, the goat back to, to the flock. You love creation so much. You have so much compassion for flesh and blood that you're willing to t- take care of them. Ad Chayecha Atatirat soni Yisrael, I promise you that you will be the leader of Klal Yisrael. And these are the defining features of a leader for the Jewish people. Someone who represents Klal Yisrael is someone who loves each and every individual and each and every aspect of life. Because it's only somebody who recognizes the value of each and every member of the constituency of which he is a representation, of which he is a manifestation in this world that he can properly be a melech and properly represent the am. And in the same way that the physical world is an expression of all of the various multitude of details that Hashem's will consists of, that it finally expresses it in totality, and that in expressing that, we find this unadulterated life that just expressed everywhere throughout creation. In the same way for a person to, to embody the mida of Malchus, of leadership, of representation in this world, they need to have the midah of chesed, they need to care about life within their own leadership. And that only, the only way to arrive in a position of true and pure leadership is itself to be a person who desires to cultivate life and to represent it in every way that they actually can. And this is the powerful idea which Chazal talk about, is... The siman for Malchut, which is the Levana, which is representative of David Hamelech, as we'll talk about in more detail later this week. It says, the Gemara Rosh Hashanah says, David Melech Israel Chai Vekayam. David, king of Israel, is alive and endures forever. Because it's the Mida of Malchus to provide life, to have Rachamim, to have that desire for Chesed, of the Olam Chesed Yiboneh that Hashem creates the world with, that desire to share, the desire for love, to come into into existence. It's that Mida, which has to be the the starting step in a position of leadership and in a role that a person has where they are representing the klal to whatever degree that they actually do. So these are the opening ideas that we are laying forth in our explorations of the Mida of Malchus. Vizrat HaShem will be able to discover uh, throughout the rest of this week further steps along this path uh, in understanding the idea of Malchus as really translating into the qualities of leadership, of representation in this world, of how we can not only be a channel for the light of Maisa but actually represent the totality of the Baruch who's Ratzon in this world. Uh, and ultimately, Zocha to the ultimate uh, Melech, Melech Mashiach, this upcoming worse.